Yeah, we know it'll never happen, but hey, it's worth a shot. Hollywood, hire us. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Doom. Now, on the flip side of that, my reaction to Suicide Squad was Jared Leto as Joker? <laughs> He's just weird enough that he might do something interesting. And then I watch it and I'm like, it, it was interesting. <laughs> I wasn't wrong, well, but I'm not sure I liked it. To be, to be fair, a lot of that, there are about three or four different cuts of that film. There's at least one cut that we didn't get to see, which was the cut that the actual filmmaker made. Yeah, and I know they recut it. Um, like the whole character intros they do. They did. It didn't really help the problem. No. I. They thought it was, but I'm like, I don't know if I needed to have this really very um, exposition-laden Marmanda Waller dossier crap about all these different characters. Like, I kind of liked it, but <clears throat> that's neither here nor there. The point of the point of it is, again, you have too many cooks in the kitchen, and they started fucking with things, and then you don't, then you get. I feel like that's always kind of the Warner Brothers problem, isn't it? And there's too many people at Warner Brothers. I won't Brothers. say it's exclusive to Warner Brothers, but they seem to have it quite often. It seems to be, yeah, it seems to be very prevalent in their properties. Marvel, you've got Kevin Feige trying to control the stuff, control the larger picture, but still allowing the directors to do... To make whatever film they To make the movie they want to make as long as they still kind of know where the big picture's going. Right, exactly. And that's how you get good movies like Ragnarok. And that's and that's why that's why part of me isn't mad that like you know I don't really feel mad that Edgar Wright left Ant Man before they made Ant Man because what Edgar Wright wanted to do with Ant Man he had been working on it for like I don't know a, a decade before they actually decided to do an Ant Man film. And so it clearly didn't fit in with whatever they were trying to go for with the actual cinematic universe. And so hence you just say, okay, no, creative differences and move on. Yeah. So it's, yeah, would I have liked to, would I have watched an Eggerite version of Ant-Man? Hell yes, I would have. I would still watch it. But it if it's not going to be conducive to what you're doing as a cinematic universe, then I'm okay with not seeing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, that... Warner Brothers is, they're too busy looking across at their competition and mm. the success Marvel is having. And they're too busy trying to copy. Yeah. And that's, it, when you do that as an audience, we're going to realize that's what you're doing. Yeah. And we're going to reject it. Yeah. Because it's, and it's, it's uninspired. To be fair, I think if they had just sat back and let Zack Snyder and the other directors that were doing the DC Connected Universe at the time, if they had just sat back and let them do what the hell it is they were trying to do, us as an audience might have appreciated it more. Yeah. And might have gone with it more because they weren't trying to, you know. And my first thought was when they started doing that, it was like, they're going to put a movie and they're going to throw Batman in and Wonder Woman in with Superman. And then go back and tell us the backstory. Like I think, but that's not exactly what they were doing. I know, but what worked with Marvel was they established an individual, starting with Iron Man, and then you move on to the next set, and right. then you bring them together. Like DC, it felt like tried to go backwards. They well, tried to shove them all into one movie and then branch them out. Because DC, they. They had already, they had basically waited too long and were trying to play catch up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were so, like, oh crap, we're, we're, they're already at the everybody's in one movie step. We need to start with that step and we'll just fix everything. No. Yeah, they want to They should have, they should have went, okay, look, that's what's working. Let's do that. Let's start here. Step one, we'll work our way to a connected Justice League movie. Yeah. It, and not rush it. Like, take time. The audience is going to be there. You're going to put Batman's name on a movie. People are going to go see it. Put Superman on a movie. People are going to go see it. It yeah. doesn't have to immediately be damn Justice League. Yeah. The audience is willing to wait for you to get to Justice League if you're going to do it right. 
We would rather wait for you to do it the correct way and give us something we enjoy versus trying to like force it and end up with shit. <laughs> and you know what? The, <clears throat> they really should have, they shouldn't have even named the movie Justice League, to be honest, because they don't even, they don't even actually form a Justice League. They just, Batman acknowledges there's a threat coming from somewhere and they all have to get on board with helping him out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's really Justice League should have been Dawn of Justice. Because at the end, you kind of get a feel of the Hall of Justice at the end, right? Didn't they do something kind of like that? No, that is at the end of Justice League. Yeah. But that right. was that was the that was the end of Justice League. So they should have just called that movie the Dawn of Justice. Right. I Batman v Superman should have not existed, and it should have just been Man of Steel 2 with no Batman in it. <laughs> I don't well, again. They could have, well, we've already gone over at length what they could have done to make that film a thousand times better. And that, that movie was, that movie would, would have just been a matter of adjusting the story and making it make more sense than it actually did. Because I, mean, I think if you would have left Batman out, you could, you could still have Bruce involved, but you didn't, you wouldn't necessarily need to have Batman. If you did a Man of Steel 2, because... The threat is coming from outer space. That, that that's that's Superman's gig with yeah. aliens and crap from apocalypse. He could introduce that threat in Man of Steel two, and then when you do a Wonder Woman movie, you've already established that you've got Ares and shit, but you can still talk about the mother boxes or whatever mm -hmm. else is there. And you can work your way to justice league. There are about a million ways they could have done it different. I'm just, what I'm saying though, is if DC had just sat back and let the, let Zack Snyder do what he wanted to do, it could have been far more interesting. I mean, hell, even if, even if Warner brothers would just take one person as opposed to a, what I'm getting the feeling of is a boardroom of people who only care about stocks and <laughs> yeah. bullshit. Um, dog coin, Bitcoin, whatever they're investing in. Dogecoin. <laughs> just call it dog coin. It's dog coin. Okay. It's a fucking dog. Um, <laughs> the, uh, whatever they're worrying about as far as their bottom line goes, if they would just pick one person to be the Kevin Feige, all right, we're going to give you the entire DC franchise. Everything. Make us some fucking movies. You are the brain. You are the one who control the narrative. I think they wanted to do that, but Christopher Nolan said no. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm thankful he said no, because I couldn't have dealt with an entire DC universe that was that bleak. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Christopher Nolan does make good films, but I, I approve of him saying no, because... He doesn't want to be shoehorned into just that. He wants to do other shit, and I get that. I mean, don't they? Does, doesn't Warner's have their uh, hooks in JJ at this point? No, JJ Abrams is over. Well, he was with Star Wars. I don't know what he's doing now. So I thought they got. Well, those. he might be working on shit for HBO. So yeah, that's technically Warner Brothers property. I don't know. Because there, there, there's a guy that I think you could give him. I wouldn't mean let him direct the movie fine, but you give JJ the the idea to to frame out a, DC, a cinematic universe, a DC, DC cinematic universe with an overreaching story arc. Just pick one major arc, like say Crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's try because then you could actually have you wouldn't necessarily have to worry about interconnected movies. Right, you could, but you wouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. Because if you get the Crisis on Infinite Earths, much like they did with Arrow, you if you let's say you start with all right, here's our DC universe. This is our connected Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, everybody here, and we get to Crisis. Now we can bring in Keaton, Clooney, mm -hmm. a CGI version of Christopher Reeve, briefly, Brandon Routh, Linda Carter. You could bring everybody in briefly for a Crisis on Infinite Earth movie. 
So I don't. I, I feel like JJ. That's just one DC arc that popped into my head. But there's multiple things you could do. That they're like, all right, here's our starting point. We got to get to this point. And here are our movies that are going to be the stepping stones. Jesus Christ! Can you imagine if they did a Kingdom Come arc? I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd watch that. I would. Oh, that'd be great because if we could get opening titles and posters done by Alex Ross. Yeah. Be awesome. But yeah, JJ is just one person I think of that there's there's probably other people. Um, hell, they could just find somebody that used to work at fucking DC. <laughs> Be like, all right, you, Paul Dini, you're in charge of this. Yeah, because I mean, Kevin, it's not like Kevin Feige's directing any of the films. No. He's just he's just overseeing the arcing. Yeah, he he's keeping an eye on, all right, here's where we're going with it. Here's phase four, five, six, and seven. Right. Here are the movies we're going to put out during those phases. And here's a story a story we need to get to. It's ridiculous how far ahead that they've thought all this shit out. It really is. It's insane. I'm I'm totally here for it. But yeah. It's just it. It really it's something that I don't think has really been done in the history of cinema. No. No. When you're when someone who's planning that far ahead for. It's not even just sequels, but they're planning a far ahead as far as this movie connects to this movie, connects to this movie, leads to this movie, branches out to these movies. It's. I don't want to say it, it in a way, it's kind of revolutionized cinema. But not everything needs to go that route. It, it's and, I'm kind glad of, it, and I'm glad it hasn't. Yeah, it's kind of made the fans kind of expect it now, too, though. Yeah. When you're like, all right, how can we connect this? Like, I even said on one of the other ones, like, how can we expand a universe of a movie? And like they did with Creed and Rocky. And right. It doesn't need to happen for every movie, but... No. I mean, wouldn't it be interesting to do, like, another Lethal Weapon movie where you focus more on Chris Rock's character? But I mean, like, <laughs> does Beetlejuice need a cinematic universe? You know? No... Not necessarily. Granted, I'd watch it, but <laughs> I would be I'd be interested in seeing like maybe a TV show to tell me the backstories of all the people that are in the little social in the worker, waiting room in the waiting room <laughs> and the people that work there, like the beauty queen that kill, tried to kill herself, yeah, the old lady with the like throat slit that smoke came out of it, uh, yeah, the dude that was flattened by a tire, <laughs> I, yes, give me that. I want to know more about shrunken head, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure we already know his backstory, but I want to see it. Yes. Yeah, I would be... I'd be okay with that. But again, not something that we need. No. It's just, you know... It's... It's gonna... The Marvel Studios will go down in the annals of film history as the greatest experiment to ever work properly in the... Um, in film. Yeah. Um, I just thought of Pirates of the Caribbean. There's another cinematic universe that, granted, there weren't a reboot, but I still argue that don't reboot it. Just set something in that universe that's not tied to Jack Sparrow. Yeah, because you don't fucking need Jack Sparrow to be the focus of every goddamn movie. No, you don't. Use other pirates. If they're wanting to focus on a female pirate, which is what I heard, and now I don't remember. I think it was supposed to be... It's supposed to be Margot Robbie, isn't it? Yeah, supposed to be her. Uh, hell, was it? At one point, it was somebody else. Oh, at one point, I thought they should do it with uh, Kate McKinnon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, but with Margot, you just focus on whatever her story is. It, it could be Pirates of the Caribbean, but it doesn't have to be set in the Caribbean. And you could just have Johnny pop in as a cameo, like at the end of the film or something. Post-credits. Yeah. Not even during the main part of the movie. Yeah. Just... Maybe she ends up shipwrecked on Tortuga or something and walks into the bar and he's passed out. <laughs> steals his hat, steals his ship and goes about her way. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just... It would be it'd be great because if you do that with the Pirates universe with no Johnny Depp, but we're going to have to have him because that is... It's his franchise. Yeah. It, that movie, that whole franchise would not have worked if without him. Yeah. 
really, on paper, it shouldn't have worked at all. No, but his acting was so... Like, you tell me they're making a movie based off of a ride at Disney World, and I laughed. Right? I was like, what the hell? Oh, this is actually really good. <laughs> yeah, I did... Again, things that... Yeah, that... that Okay, that movie does qualify as a who-the-fuck-greenlit-this, because... You're right, on paper, that should not have worked. No, it shouldn't have. And the same thing, now they're going to do that with Jungle Cruise. They tried it with Haunted Mansion. Didn't quite work. But now they're going to do Jungle Cruise with The Rock yeah. and, I think, Emily Blunt? Yeah, I, I don't... I'm going to have to watch a trailer of it before I pass, pass Final Judgment, but so far I'm not... I would love to see a pirate movie by one of the Pirates of the Caribbean Universe movies and have The Rock in it. <laughs> okay. As a, like a Samoan pirate, he could be shirtless, show off all the tattoos. He could be the pirate version of Maui, for all I care. Yes. What <laughs> can I say except you're welcome? <laughs> I would be okay with that. Um, but you, you're gonna do another universe, set it wherever. She could be. In the South Asian Sea as a pirate, whatever. But the whole point is eventually she's going to have to run into Jack. Right. And that's the movie you build toward. Mm -hmm. Is every little, like, whatever weird thing she's finding, or treasure she's looking for, something is going to have to lead her to Jack Sparrow. Sure. Because audiences will be there for that collision course. Oh, yeah, totally. Especially if this pirate is... The complete opposite end of Jack. And I think <laughs> I've said this before is Jack is he he says he based it off a little Pepe Le Pew. It's kind of true. If you watch him. Watch Jack Sparrow and think of Pepe Le Pew the whole time. So Jack Sparrow's a borderline rapist? Yeah, kinda. Maybe not that part of Pepe Le Pew. Okay. okay. Um, but more of just very full of himself. But the thing I like about Jack is you don't know if he's that good or that lucky. Okay, that's fair. Like, you, you, you question, is it just he's planned that far ahead? Or it's just dumb luck that he just happens to bath, like just bumble his way through things? I prefer to think of it as dumb luck. He, it does. It looks a lot of times he just bumbles his way and things work out. Um, this other pirate needs to be more meticulous, more everything's purposeful, planned. <laughs> and then Jack comes up and just Jack comes in and just fucks up. Exactly. Because <laughs> that's the thing. If you want to have those two characters, she's got a plan how we're going to get past the Royal Guard and blah, 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 blah. He just saunters through. With no thought, no forethought, no plan, nothing. And it just aggravates the shit out of her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That's that's a good buddy cop movie. And absolutely no romantic interest between the two. None. I, no. don't, I don't want that. That just muddies it. Because everyone's going to be like, oh, look at the sexual tension. But no, 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 no. Don't care. That is not Jack. Jack is not. Well, nope. he, well Jack does talk about, you know, you've got all the random women on Tortuga that he is wrong. You never really see Jack romantically interested in probably anybody except Penelope Cruz's character. I was going to say that he's probably not romantically involved with anything except rum. Probably. But probably okay. is just rum. But, yeah. but that Penelope Cruz was, I think the only like exception to that. And how much you actually, what would be a fun twist to that is what if every single one of those wrongs was because of him being drunk as shit? Probably. Because I could see that. Like, he doesn't really... He just doesn't give any thought to romantic things until they're just fucking happening because he's drunk. Yeah. I mean, he flirted with Elizabeth Swan a lot. Well, yeah. And he sure. liked to imply some things, but part of that was to get on her nerves. And Will's. Yeah. I don't think... And to be fair, it's Kira Knightley. Who the fuck wouldn't flirt with Kira right. Knightley? Right. I don't like... <laughs> I, I really... Because, you know, she was completely like, what? Yeah. Like... He, he was in like imagining things that like happened that didn't happen. Yeah. Like with conversations and like underlying undertones of no. 
that's just funny. But I think he knows she's not interested. Yeah, and so she knows he knows he knows that. It's it's like when it's like when I flirt with my best friend's ex wife. It's like when I flirt. Let me try that. This again. is getting really weird. <laughs> it's like when I flirt with my best friend's wife because I you know we know that that does we know that does that's never going to happen. It's still fun to just joke. Yeah. And I, and he does it because it's like, well, it keeps him off guard. Right. And you're going to dismiss anything he does because he's just an idiot. Right. Again, so that 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 starts to fall more into maybe he knows more of what he's doing than we think. Possibly. <laughs> I, he's he's definitely an idiot savant. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and I really yeah, that character. I again, I think by the time they get to the last one, I don't think they even give Johnny a script. I think it's like <laughs> just show up in costume. We're gonna hit action, and we're just gonna film what happens. To be fair, I haven't seen four and five, so I'll have to fix that some at some point. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's where Penelope Cruz pops in. Yeah, fourth one. And uh, and uh, Javier Bardem. But yeah, there's just I don't know. I have no idea where this conversation started and where it's going. Me neither. It's about over, actually. But <laughs> I just yeah, I think that I know Disney doesn't give a shit what I think because you know they have all the money, and pretty I true. I pretty much eat whatever they throw at me. Yep. <laughs> I will watch anything put on Disney Plus. Guarantee it. Mm-hmm. It's. I am never getting rid of that streaming service. I'm already looking happy. at like, ooh, what if looks fun. Like I would get rid. I honestly, at this point, would get rid of Netflix before I got rid of Disney Plus, and that's saying a lot, because I have been on board with Netflix for a long time. I haven't watched. Well, apparently, I don't need to worry about catching up too much on Jupiter's Legacy because it got canceled. <laughs> I need uh, to watch Invincible, but I haven't started it yet. To be fair, um, the only to be fair from what I, from what I've heard about Jupiter's Legacy, it sounds like the reason they canceled it is because they want to do something completely different in that same universe, and then maybe come back to Jupiter's Legacy later. Uh, so that's um, Kirkman property, isn't it? Uh, I thought it was Millarverse. Maybe it is Millar. That's right. Somebody else has a bunch of Kirkman properties. That's not AMC. That uh, might be Mark Millar, yeah. Mark but Miller, yeah, because they um, they instead of doing Jupiter's like in, is it Jupiter's Legacy? Yeah. Okay. Uh, instead of doing season two of Jupiter's Legacy, now they're going to do a season of Super Crooks. And so then I think eventually those are going to like mash into each other at okay. some point, perhaps. I don't know. I think that's the theory. I. Uh, I think for I I think Netflix is basically kind of trying to make a Malarverse out of that a literal Malarverse out of those I remember know, hearing that property. when they bought a bunch of his stuff post Kickass that Kevin Smith was talking about how that was exciting for that they're going to be able to adapt other comics of his. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll watch them eventually I'll get to them. Here's something we had. I know we've talked about why no one has done it yet, and now thinking of uh, TV series that like Netflix has done with The Haunting, uh, oh, Hill like, House, and Bly Manor, yeah. um, like uh, Black Mirror, where the stories are not uh, haunting. The stories are connected for a season. Black right. Miller, the so it's Black, like so it's kind of like American Horror Story. Yeah, Black Black Mirror is not really. Each episode's kind of its own thing. But yeah. somewhere in between that kind of formula, why no one has decided to really explore Lovecraft. Like the Lovecraft universe. Not just Call of Cthulhu, but In the Mouth of Madness. You call it something like the In's Mouth Chronicles? Something, yeah. Yeah. Call it that. Um, you definitely want to try to stamp out all of the blatant racism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm okay with uh, changing source material for that reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think having, we all should be After having that. watched a little documentary about Lovecraft, yeah. Um, yeah. His little, his little bit of xenophobia and uh, 
racism. Yeah, I'd like to see something like, ooh, you could actually call it the Muscatonic Library Archives. Uh, with something, I mean, you could, and then there's there's all these other. So authors. it could be like an anthol. It could be like an anthology, but kind of like connected. Yeah, and there's all these other authors who have taken stuff out of that universe and have gone other ways. And adapted with, it, yeah. And so you could not just focus on Lovecraft's stories, but also, but you can bring in these other authors yeah. who have expanded on the universe. I am a little bit surprised that hasn't happened yet, but I bet. I bet give it enough time, and I bet it will. I mean, something. I know Del Toro has been wanting to do in the Mouth of Madness for a while. And I can't figure out why the fuck no one will let him. I, <laughs> I really can't. The man has made... I mean, we've seen Pan's Labyrinth. We've seen The Shape of Water. We've seen Hellboy. We've seen Hellboy 2. We've seen... Uh, what other films has Del Toro made? Pacific Rim. He made goddamn Pacific Rim. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I Yeah, I don't know why no one... Or is that Rodriguez? That doesn't sound like a Rodriguez thing to me. No, it was Del Toro. But anyway, yeah. After all of those brilliant films, why have they just not shoveled fucking wheelbarrows full of money in him and been like, you want to do it in the Mountains of Madness? Go. Go. I mean, I haven't watched Color Out of Space yet. Because he would... Oh, my God. Del... If you're going to have anyone do a Lovecraft thing like that that's so well-known and beloved and... If you're going to have anybody do it, Del Toro's the guy for it. And there, I think, you do that. There's your starting off point to then get to the series that we were just talking about. Just do that. Giant tentpole Del Toro story. And you can have a post credit scene somewhere in there at the archives. Yeah, the Miskatonic archives. And then you lead into the series. There you go. And then you can have Del Toro produce it. You give other people, yeah. other people, um, chances to direct. You give women a chance to direct it. There's uh, quite a few female directors in horror, um, like Yovanka uh, uh, Vukovic, that I think would be a good director for it. Um, you could get directors of color. Just hell, it's Pride Month. Let's get some like because I'd like to see some horror films done from the perspective of like. Gay, lesbian, um, yeah. non-binary. I'd like to see. I'd like to see horror from that filter. It yeah. would be interesting because you don't really ever see it from that side of the. And angle. I think it'd be really. This is probably me reading too much into the poetry of it, but it wouldn't it be poetic to have all these different directors and filters being applied to someone's writings that were blatantly racist. <laughs> yeah. It'd be kind of a nice way to filter it out. Yeah, wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be nice to have the Lovecraft legacy start to be one that you associate with people of color and the LGBTQ plus community when those were all probably things that he did not like because mm -hmm. he was sheltered and a scared tiny little man. For the record, if any studio is balls enough to do this, I will forego my share of the profits from this. <laughs> I, I can't vouch for Brockter over here, but I, I will. I want to. I, I want to be on set. You can kill me in five minutes. In it, I don't care. I can have my brain turned to mush by one of the great old ones. I don't care. I just. I want involved. Okay. I, I don't. They, I'll do it for free, just to get this. Right? Just to get this off the ground, where we can actually take a property that there is a fan base for, and there are people out there that to them. I don't want to say Lovecraft is God because Lovecraft does not deserve to be that high on the pedestal. No. Um, but the, the Cthulhu mythos itself. It is revered. Yeah. Is revered. There's a, there's a role playing game about it. How many Metallica songs mm -hmm. have been influenced because of uh, Cliff Burton's obsession with this? Right. Um, but like we said, the dude was racist. Yeah. And I'm going to almost bet on the same token he was homophobic. Probably. Even though when you look at him, you see pictures of him? I don't know. He might be a little. <laughs> I don't know. I've never asked. He was a little sheltered. Um, very, uh, I'm going to say ignorant. Not stupid, but just not exposed to the world. He was kind of uh, raised and comfortable and content in his little comfortable bubble. Mm-hmm. 
moving to the big city with his wife where he had to encounter the immigrants did not sit well with him. Sure. So I just think it's a, it'd be a great thing to take this this property and lend it, have people have lend its voice to people whose voices don't get to be heard. Because again, horror is always a good metaphor for something. Yeah. And um, I know when they were redoing Twilight Zone, because that was uh, uh, was Peel. That Peel doing that. Uh, the old, if you watch the old Twilight Zone episodes, there is a lot of race fear. Yeah. Behind it. Xenophobia. A lot of that. And uh, I think that he wanted to, that's why he wanted to do Twilight Zone was to kind of turn some of that back on its head a bit. Right. And it's the same idea of what we're going to do with this Lovecraft stuff is there's a lot of fear of the outsider, fear of the unknown, a lot of fear of you know, just racist stuff in general, but fear of the outsider and fear of the unknown, that's, that applies to anything, almost yeah. anything in society, especially um, parts of people's sexuality that are normally not allowed to be in the open. Right. So I don't know. I just think that if there's a property that someone who ha- would have, like you said, the balls enough to say, this is what we're going to do and find, let Elliot Page direct a fucking episode. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I mean, you could, I'm sure there'd be. Let no- Elliot Page write, direct and star in a fucking episode for all I care. You could, and it'd be a good way to get a bunch of like up and coming, um, you know, queer adjacent directors, you know, and involved. even that, just even allies, directors who are yeah. allies. Yeah. As well. Because that's the environment you want to foster in New Hollywood. Yeah. Is one of inclusivity. Yeah. Inclusivity. There we go. Um, and I think that's why, um, and I think, I think HBO was being very deliberate about it when they made Lovecraft County, which, to be fair, I have not seen. I yet. have not seen. It's on my list. Yeah, same. But I think, I think that, I think that should be, you know, a good sign that, hey, there is a way to do this and to make it, you know, because I'm, I'm betting one of the sticking points with not adapting anything Lovecraft so far has probably been, well, we don't want to, we don't want a bunch of people to jump down our asses about, you know, adapting racist properties. That's fine. Make them unracist. Yeah, acknowledging, yeah. hey, we're going to adapt Lovecraft, um, Lovecraft's writings, specific ones, um, and we're also going to include authors who have expanded on the Lovecraft universe, like, more contemporary. Mm-hmm. We are acknowledging that there are themes in some of his works that are problematic, Yeah, and we are going to work around those to make them not problematic. Exactly. Like, if it means flat out eliminating something, fine. But that's when you you have a team of writers who's diverse. You get a diverse team of writers Mm -hmm. to look at this property and go, okay, let's identify and earmark the problematic parts. All right, are any of these essential to the story? How can we change these to keep them thematically, thematically with continuity, but make them not racist? Right. (laughs) Exactly. And it's probably no easy task for any writer to do, because on some hand, you're like, I want to stay true to the source material. You can if you're staying true to what that source material says to you. I don't want to say the spirit of what the source material was, because racist. (laughs) Right. I say that having two Lovecraft books on my shelf right now. (laughs) You know, I don't have any of his works at all. I really should change that. Yeah. I mean, once when you start to notice the racism, it becomes very like, ugh. These aren't so tolerable anymore. But give I, I say that, yeah, we want to bring in lesser-known writers, directors, actors, 
a chance to be showcased and included. But I think you, you to get there, you still need a couple of like big names to get the attention. So like if we do Del Toro for the tentpole of the movie that then leads into the archives to the leads into the series, that's when you get Elliot Page involved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not for nothing, but I was just thinking of this because I was looking up because I wasn't 100 percent sure. I was like, has there ever been a has there ever been an anthology series made from like creepy pastas? Because a lot of those are really good. <laughs> but then apparently there was and I didn't know that. It's called Channel Zero. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't realize that that's what that was based off of. But anyway, um, I'm sure if you got some writers from the... Because the creepypastas, they're all, you know, Reddit stories and shit. So I think what you could do is... Because surely some of them have got to be people of color, people of, you know, you know women perhaps, you know, also, um, you know, allies... The Alphabet Mafia, is that what they call it? Sure. <laughs> I've seen that on Facebook. Is that is that a given? Is that an appropriate term? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but if it's not, we're sorry. Um, if, if, if it's not, you need to embrace it and make it an appropriate term because it sounds badass. It does. <laughs> it really does. But anyway, I'm sure a lot of the people writing creepypastas online, I'm sure a lot of them are probably LGBTQ and adjacent at the very least yeah if, if not directly so i'm you could have them working on you know the, you could have them as the fucking writer's room for this shit i guarantee they'd have a ball with it yeah i, I think that's isn't that really going to be the next that really needs to be the next evolution of movies tv shows just in general the idea of having to go to this freaking golden city in California to be able to, to accomplish any of this in the world of the 21st century is asinine. Oh yeah, no, because you can write a script from anywhere. You can, as we have learned the past year, you can Google meet and zoom meet anyone, anywhere. Yep. And collaborate with shared screens. Yeah. So there is nothing, no reason why Somebody like me or you or any other group of writers that are not in Hollywood that couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. No, I that's that's if I were going to start a studio today, that is the first thing I do is I would pick all my writers off of fucking Reddit. I would I would. Yeah, I would open it up to be like, well, maybe right. not necessarily Reddit, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would be like, yeah, clearly, um, if you want a meeting, you want to do a pitch meeting, Google meet me. We'll do yeah. a Google meeting. You show me your pitch. Yeah, tell me your idea. I don't. I don't need you to come into like some stupid building that costs a lot of money. Yeah, it's to dumb. just to just be like this giant. Like, look at me. I'm Netflix. I got an office building. Who gives a shit? Yeah, and you would save so much money. You could put all that money back into production costs, actors, uh, advertising. Yeah, you know all. I understand Netflix I'm probably has. Don't, don't get me wrong. Still pay the writers what they need to be paid because maybe more without the yeah because without them there is no story without no without the story you've got you know fuck yeah. all yeah but I understand Netflix probably has their servers also in this office building right yeah or at least some of them um but it's still like to do a pitch meeting for Netflix or Warner Brothers you got to go out there and hope to God you can get time. Like everybody out there, there's that joke that everybody, everybody's got a script mm -hmm. in Hollywood that they're just carrying in their back pocket yeah. waiting for you. That, that punchline is so dated now that Hollywood needs to rethink the way it does things. And it's going to be hard to do because they're so entrenched in the current way of crap. Mm -hmm. But when you look at that and look at the number of people that are in Hollywood that are getting in trouble for some unsavory things it's time for a change i agree wholeheartedly and i and like you said this is the 21st century and i think we've you know we've seen over the past year that we can do this in a model that number one cuts costs which should you know you should be grateful for right there you know um you you need new blood. Yes. And this is going to get, if you were to do it this way, 
if I could schedule a pitch meeting via Google Meet with a Netflix person to just 10 minutes of their time to do some pitches, webcam and computer. Right. Um, you're going to get access to newer voices. Because some people don't want to have to just uproot and move to California where it costs 15 times more to live than it does here in the good old rural Midwest. <laughs> Which is a whole other problem that has nothing to do with what we talk about. <laughs> but then when you look at cost of living, like... Oh, yeah. No, cost of living here versus California, that, that'd be a whole other ball. And it's not like going out there to work minimum wage or at a freaking deli is going to pay any different than here. No. It's just going to cost a whole lot more to live out there. Yeah. And, I mean, kudos to our friend Amanda for taking that courageous step to go out there and do that. Yeah, God bless her. She's doing the Lord's work. I don't know how she does it. I don't either. And this past year, I, I mean, I've, from what I've seen, has not been the easiest. But, no, but she's still, but she seems to be fairly upbeat and optimistic about it most of the time. Well, I mean, I think some of the PA jobs that she's gotten, they've, uh, they quarantine you. Yeah. You and everybody involved mm-hmm. in the same hotel. And then, you know, you go to set, do your thing, go back. Like, it's right. very contained. And, I mean, kudos to the movie and TV industry for finding creative ways to keep people safe and yet still produce the content. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But, and that just shows, you know, there's things that we can do. We can adapt. We can change. And yeah. to get new voices and to get... To get original ideas that we're not just rebooting the same crap. And it, and it also demonstrates that, you know, we don't have to stick to the old ways. Just because we're, you know, just because we can go back to the old ways doesn't necessarily mean we should. No. And, and that goes for, like, literally every aspect of America, of America at this point. I think we're starting to see now that... Places that were like, oh, there's no way you can work from home. Oh, is that a fact? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I have an internet connection. There's very little I can't do. And Granted, I, my job, I do kind of have to be out and about, but... Well, right. Like, for my job, I drive for a living, so there's, you know, I can't really substitute that with a computer. But, like, I, I but, know a lot of uh, phone companies, cable companies, satellite providers, they're customer service people that used to go to call centers and man phones and get yelled at all day, every day. Mm-hmm. We're able to do that from home. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As long as you got an internet connection, a computer, and a headset, you can still get cussed at. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but totally. you can do it from the comfort of your own home in your pajamas. Yeah. I do think that sooner or later this country is going to need to address the uh, the disparity of broadband in certain places versus others. <laughs> There's a lot of things, without getting too economic and political, there's a lot of things we need to address. But And the, the fact that, like, I, I think I posted a thing, I can't remember whose thing it was, that nobody, single family, a single parent, anybody who works 40 hours a week at a job should not have to then supplement it with another job. There's no reason why somebody who works a full-time job can't, have can't thrive they shouldn't be they shouldn't even be just making ends meet they should be able to pay their bills and still live as someone who's been doing it for 20 years i agree with you (laughs) exactly there's there's i see i've been working two jobs for literally 20 years. and what in the 80s that's not the thing in the 80s you know one person could work 40 hours a week and support his wife and two kids and they still had a car a house picket fence a dog like that, that stupid poster of what the idyllic American life is. But then the problem being is, is that prices keep going up, but the wage stayed the same. Yeah. That did that did us all no favors. None. So, yeah, that needs... Something needs to be addressed with that. And I, I don't know what. I, there's too many people who are so against it in power that it's going to take it's going to take years to get fresh thinking if we ever do 
into that, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a I'm very much a cynic, so I'm I'm, if, I'm with you. Like I I I, I still maintain if we ever do, <laughs> there's a, the the minimum wage. Well, that that's a horrible word in itself because it implies this is the bare minimum we have to pay you, and that's all we're going to pay you because that's all we think you're worth. This is the bare minimum. Well, that's great. That means I'm going to put forth the bare minimum of effort. Right. I'm going to show up, clock in, count down till my day's over, clock out, give you the bird, collect a check, and go. And people wonder why Stone Cold Steve Austin was such a big character. Right? <laughs> and you, you wonder why the people that you go to that work retail hate you, or at least seem to hate the customers. It's because they hate their job. They're there for a paycheck. They're there to praying to God so, they can get through eight hours without somebody cussing at them. I, I was about to say, to be fair, I, I can understand hating some cu certain customers, but... Same with fast food. Carry like, on. <laughs> fast food, you know, you get there, wow, my order screwed up, and these people want... Yeah. Because if they got paid $15 an hour, maybe they'd give a shit about your order being accurate. Right now, give, giving them 8 to 10 bucks an hour... Doesn't give doesn't allow them enough to give a shit. <laughs> hey, by the way, if you guys want to send us any political hate tweets or whatnot, <laughs> keep them to yourself. I'm just, just as an English major, when you look at words, there's context that goes into like connotations that goes with minimum. Well, that's what that implies. And then there, someone's wanting living wage. That was a new thing that's being kicked out there around by. I don't even know if it's just necessarily liberals. It's and I hate that liberal conservative. I hate that crap. I, I disagree with both sides of the fence. Let me just go ahead and say right now, there's <laughs> assholes everywhere. That's correct. Fuck both sides because they have done very little to help me. Um, living wage implies just enough to make a living. That means make ends meet, if you ask me. Again, why would I bust my ass, ass to be able to do it? And then, wow, okay, I'm... Month is over. I'm down to zero. Now, the one I do like is thriving wage. And I don't remember who said that more recently. I like that because it implies that not only are you making your ends meet, but you have money left over to be able to do some fun shit. Right. To do more than just eat and pay bills and take care of your kids. Take them on. Do fun things. Mm-hmm. And I also think that we need to shorten the work week. I, I, I can't speak too much because I only work four days a week anyway. But for everybody else who has to work five and six days, that is ridiculous. Again, Again why, is somebody, why is somebody working five, <laughs> six days a week and then barely making ends meet? Uh, I don't know because I'm lazy and I don't want to look for another job. Well, no, then you're going to find another job that's going to be just as shitty. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not wrong. I, I can't really, I can't really bitch because I actually do like the two jobs I have, and the reason I stay at those two jobs is because I have flex, I have schedule flexibility and other perks. Yeah. So, and I mean that's fine. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting all over my two jobs. No, and but the thing is, it's just the, the pay. <laughs> yeah. Is the thing. It's. It would be nice if I got paid more. Yes. I, I think the problem is. As what we've been fed about fast food work especially is like, oh, that's just where you go when you're in high school. Then why do I see grown-ass adults doing it? Well, it, it, for, some, for some people, that's the only job they can get. And that's the case. They should still be able to live off of it. I was about to say that that whole theory is flawed. Does that mean... Does that mean that you're only able to get your fast food when, you know school's not in session and kids are actually able to work it. Exactly. I mean, that whole argument is flawed. It is. But that's part of the thing that they feed. It's like, oh, these are your entry-level jobs. You know, you start this when you're just trying to get into the workforce. Well, and I my, think that's... My other favorite thing about job searching is, oh, okay, well, um, you need to have experience and you need to have, you know, this much, uh, this, these, this, this, and this degree. Well, I was so busy getting a degree, I didn't have time to do... Get the experience, or I was so busy racking up experience, I didn't have time to get a degree. It's a no-win situation. <laughs> oh, and then when they're like, "Oh, you need to have a master's degree in this, five years of experience, we're going to pay you fifteen dollars an hour." Yay! <laughs> and 
I have a master's degree and I can make $15 an hour. Right. Yay. That's just an example. And even that is probably less than 15 bucks an hour. But the, that's the thing is I think that we have been fed this idea that we should be happy with whatever business wants to pay us. Right. Right. And it's, we're not fighting to be paid our worth. And it's nice to see that uh, we're kind of having a change of heart now. Sort of. I think this last year especially showed us who keeps this country and the economy running. Mm -hmm. Not the 1%. Nope. It is not. It's never been them. And anyone who seems to think that we need to have those rich people are stupid. We don't need them. We don't need the Jeff Bezos or whatever fucking bullshit from Amazon with his billions of dollars that he doesn't need. No. There's... Jeff Bezos couldn't spend all of the money that he is worth. I'm going to phrase it like that because Jeff, it's not like Jeff Bezos actually has $145 billion just sitting in a vault somewhere. That's not actually. <laughs> oh that. my God. If I were that rich, I would, if I had that, I would, I would have a Scrooge McDuck. I was going to say man. fucking Scrooge McDuck money. <laughs> I would have, I would have it all in fucking quarters or something, man. I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't do that. But can you imagine how much your head would hurt when you dive into that? I'd have to be dollar bills. Dollar, okay, I can do well, dollar bills as long as they were fresh, not the ones you get from the strip club with God knows what Sweaty on them. Sweaty dollar bills. Sweaty cocaine-covered dollar bills. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's, he, it's what he's worth. And that's the same yeah, thing with a lot of people. Bill Gates, that's what right. they're worth. But anyway, the point of it is, though, he has more money than he could spend in, like, ten lifetimes. It would take forever to spend mm -hmm. however many billion dollars, unless you're... You know the goddamn Defense Department of a of a country as a private <laughs> as a private citizen. I mean, really, couldn't he just cover our national debt at this point, and we could oh, Amazon can own America, not China? Shh, they'll hear you. <laughs> That's their next step: is buying the government. <laughs> you know what? Why not? <laughs> Especially if we can get things done with prime delivery. You know, Congress would be fed the fuck up. Hey, two day, two day free delivery on uh, whatever bill you're trying. to Yeah, pass. exactly. <laughs> two day delivery on these tax refunds and stimulus checks. There is no way our government will ever be that efficient. <laughs> I, no. I refuse to goddamn believe it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we it's the working class that keeps this place spinning. Yeah, and it's the the working class are the ones who are underpaid, overworked underappreciated the second everything shut down oh my god i need to be able to go to walmart i want to go eat i need to get my hair done thank you you're all essential i'm not going to pay you any fucking more than what we pay you now but you're <laughs> essential here's a hand clap and a pat on the back and a billboard thanking you and yet and that was good enough for people really people in the medical field they're like oh that was great i got uh, someone sent me a box of donuts, and I get a billboard saying, thank you, essential workers. Meanwhile, I'm also working at Lowe's during the holiday season, in addition to being a nurse, because I still have to pay for this fucking nursing degree. <laughs> well, or, or, well, at the height of the pandemic, they were too busy working, you know, 100 hours a week to, you know, be working at Lowe's, so. Yeah. And I just can't. And then, and then of course it's like, Oh, teachers, man, we want to send our kids back to school. <laughs> How about you pay the teachers more than huh? Right. The pay scale for teachers is obnoxiously stupid. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And they wonder why you get teachers who get in there and just, just they're not going to put up with your kids shit. And they don't care. Oh, there was a, um, I didn't tell you this story, but there was <laughs> there was a group of teachers at the uh, at the bar the other night, and <laughs> one of them had just quit. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and I was like, so he was like, he was like, hey, I just wanted to say I'm happy that I quit my job. Blah blah blah, and just started going off about the <laughs> the, te the school system. Was it the same group of teachers that had been there before for like either end of summer or spring break or oh, something? Oh, possibly. I ended up I ended up starting out the night by singing "Schools Out" by Alice Cooper for him. He loved it. Cause what? Well, somebody got out there and sang "Hot for Teacher" that one night. I remember being there because there was a group of teachers. 
And I can't... Are you sure that it wasn't me doing that? Because I do that a lot. It may have been you. <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember there being a group of teachers in there. I should have saying... I, well, no, I shouldn't have because that was a guy. But And I wasn't interested in him. But... <laughs> But yeah, singing schools out, that 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 did the trick. He thought that was hilarious. That would have done high school never ends. <laughs> hey, speaking of, that's another musical coming soon to a theater near you. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I can't believe it. It was somebody who going to get this back to non-political shit that um, I completely forgot to mention it on our musical episode. I remember reading about this when it happened on the East End in London. Was somebody with no connection to the band, from my understanding took Bowling for Soup songs and made a musical called High School Never, Never Ends that includes Girls All the Bad Guys Want. 1985. 1985, the song High School Never Ends. And I think they just did it on their own. And then the band found out about it and were like, fucking awesome! <laughs> <laughs> That's the way bands need to be. Like, any other, you know, had it been like, say, Metallica, they would have sued him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lars would have sued them. <laughs> Hetfield and uh, everybody else would have been like, Kirk Hammett and uh, Rob would have been like, fucking cool. Whatever. <laughs> Musical? But, okay. We play with the fucking symphony once a year. But yeah, the, but no, Bowling for Soup, they're like, like the first thing that came to their mind wasn't lawsuit, it was, you guys made a musical out of our songs? Fucking cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that gives me hope for my idea of my uh, meatloaf musical. I could just do it with no permission and pray to God that, you know, the ghost of Jim Steinman doesn't, like, shit in my mouth I, while I sleep. I was about to say, well, now you don't have to worry about Jim Steinman's permission. <laughs> I'm going to hell for that joke. Oh. No, I just have to worry about meatloaf and wherever the Jim Steinman estate is at this point. I don't even know if he has an estate. It might just all be meatloaf now. Or whatever studio owns the rights. Was to Steinman ever married? I don't know. That dude is an was, enigma. I was about to say, was he even straight? I'm not 100% sure that that man was straight. I don't know. I'm not even sure he was human. Well, no. I mean, he he could have possibly been like Bowie and just returned to his planet. He may have. He, he probably comes from a planet that... I'm he, convinced the Prince returned to his home planet, too. I'm, Jim Steinman may ever like return to whatever planet has like you know lava pits and Prince had too much talent to be just a human being. There's no way he had otherworldly power. He he came to the Stargate. Had to. <laughs> Bowie too. Bowie was telling us that though the whole time. Yeah, Bowie didn't try to hide it. No, he didn't. He was like, I'm I'm not from this earth. And yeah, everyone's Br like, Bowie, oh, that's cool. That's you're, Bowie you're, was very upfront about it. Prince was just like, I'm gonna fuck everything until you guys forget that I'm an alien. Then yeah, that's that's true. Well, okay, maybe he didn't specifically fuck everything, but he made everybody else want to fuck. That was, and that's how we forgot he was an alien because our blood was out of our brain and in our nuts. I our, mean, our nether regions. I mean, Prince was the guy that would come in into the room in a dress and leave with your girlfriend. Probably, I could see that happening. And whoever's boyfriend was next to you, he'd just leave with both of them. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And they're he's six feet already. tall. He's four foot two. An orgy's an orgy. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's not been a Prince musical besides Purple Rain. It's because you couldn't do it without there being like a triple X scene in there somewhere. Oh my God. You want to see a good time? Um, <laughs> a Prince orgy? <laughs> I, it, it, it looks about that way, actually. Morse days on stage. This, this was from... This had to have been the 91 or 92 MTV Video Music Awards. He played... Um, it was either Get Off or Cream. I can't remember which, but it was. It looked like there was basically an orgy going on on stage. It it's incredible. Check it out on I YouTube. I would say it'd have to be Get Off if it's that, but I'm surprised he could get away with playing that on TV. It was Cream. M I know they had a music video for it, but he could get away with that. It was MTV in the '90s, so I don't think they gave. I'm. I don't think they knew what they were getting into when they said, "Hey, Prince, come on our show." And he's like, "Can I do whatever I want?" Yeah. You're Prince. Of course you can. And they just... How much penetration is allowed to be seen on stage? <laughs> what just, now? <laughs> we just banned Andrew Dice Clay. As long as it's tasteful. For life. <laughs> from MTV for saying a few off-color nursery rhymes. And you're wanting us to... What? <laughs> it, I mean, because there's a point in the song where he's playing guitar and he turns around. He's wearing assless chaps. Yeah. There's, bam, all of a sudden you got Prince ass. Oh, man, Cher did that shit, too. So, I mean, but... 
but yeah, everything that's going on behind behind him in the background looks like fucking Stanley looks like a background of Stanley Kubrick's eyes wide shut. <laughs> it's that fucking nuts. I showed it to my friend. I showed it to Laura, who is a diehard Prince fan, yeah. as you know, and she was, and she was like, "How in the fuck did I never see this?" I said, "Well, for one, you were probably like three, but also, <laughs> she's not got that on her phone like it's a bookmark, right? Spank bank." <laughs> Sorry, Laura. We love you. <laughs> Whenever you need to get up and just rub one out. Yeah. Right. Literally, because you know you're a female. They call, what, what do I call it? Jilling off. Jilling off. Yes, that's jilling what off. I still prefer shebop. I also like Ladywood. I think that's funny. I think that's a funny term, Ladywood. Since you have a subscription to Peacock, ah, there oh, is a uh, a show with like a female-led cast. It's called Lady Parts. I've heard of that. Or we are Lady. We Parts. are Lady Parts. It's like yeah. that's the name of the band. I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I have not. All I saw was that. I'm like, well, I'm already intrigued, and I have no clue what this is about. Yep. <laughs> that, and I want to watch Girls Five ever because I'm not 100 percent sure they're not making fun of the Spice Girls. <laughs> oh my God, the Spice Girls are coming out with a sequel to Spice World. Spice Universe? No, it's just going to be called Spice World Two because, ah, because we have no originality. They they missed a chance to go bigger. Yeah. So yeah, it's I think the the mission is that one of their they can't find one of their original members and so they go on a road trip to find her. Which member they're looking for? Jerry? I don't know. Emma? I don't know. Maybe Victoria. <laughs> I only read the bare minimum of the article because I have a how, feeling it's Victoria. They can't find Victoria. Posh. I have a feeling she's in my A. And it turns out the entire time she's just been, you know, with David Beckham in bed. Yeah, the whole time. Because, you know, why wouldn't you be? Okay, so what they should do, and not that, that uh, we can't find our missing member, the Spice Girls collectively... <laughs> we can't find our missing member. That's the start of a porno. Isn't it? <laughs> hey, if the Spice Girls want to do that in the movie, I'm all for it. Most of them are still pretty damn attractive. Um, no, no. What they need to do, it's... We got so drunk, we've lost one of our... One of the girls, and now we have to find her. It's the Hangover meets Spice World. I, you know what? I would watch that. I would watch that. <laughs> Especially if you could have, instead of Mike Tyson, you put Simon Cowell in there. They're, so they're going all over... They're going back... They're backtracking to all of their tour dates trying to figure out where they lost them at. Yeah. Like, okay, was it in London? Was it in... Was it in Houston? Was it, like, in, in Australia? And instead of Mike Tyson, you have Simon Cowell. <laughs> With, like, instead of a Bengal tiger, like a big white tiger, like Siegfried and Roy. No. It's Simon, so it'd have to be a dog. It would be. He has a legit Clifford the Big Red Dog. Wow. That he has had genetically modified, made for him in the movie. There we go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, Hollywood, these ideas write themselves. Oh, my God. We're just that good. As much crap as uh, he and Melanie would give each other on, uh, the on, 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 on America's IGT. Got Talent? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> That the movie the movie would write itself right there with just their scenes and just be go yeah. give each other it, shit. It would just yeah, I was about to say just let them improv giving shit to each other. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Uh well this has been a long uh two hours of I I don't know why. Like <laughs> we've covered we kind of gone all over the map today. You guys are welcome. Yeah. Please don't hate me for my uh living weight. Everybody listening to this is in the same boat as we are, and they agree that we need to get paid more. I, I don't know a single person who's like, you know what? I need to be paid less. They're, that's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> every every single person I know of is probably like, you know what? I could stand to get paid a little bit more. I'm sure Bill Gates is like, I could get paid more. Right? You could, jackass. How about you <laughs> give some of that back to us, people? Well, you're bleeding. He's gonna need to. He's gonna need to get paid more because he's getting divorced soon, <laughs> and I don't feel the least bit sorry for him. Me neither. There's a story to tell. Not really. Sorry, Bill. That's what you get for talking to uh, what's-his-nuts. Uh, 
The guy that hung himself. Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, God! Have you not heard that? That's supposedly why she's divorcing him, is because he, uh, he, uh, had connections to Epstein. That's another, woo! Remember, kids, if you don't, if you, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That is very true. And on that note, um, unless we've alienated you completely, Hollywood. Hey, hire us. Did you like what you heard? Did you hate it? Do you agree with us or are we complete and utter morons? Please let us know at our Twitter, which is at H3U podcast. That's the letter H, the number three, the letter U and podcast on Twitter. Eventually, we're going to run out of ideas, and we'll just talk about our hate mail, because I do like celebrities read mean tweets. Come tweet at us, and we might just tweet back.